Well, thank you very much. To continue our uh, breakfast discussion, <laughs> I've been asked to speak on Is Christianity Unscientific? Um, I think a really good way to introduce this is with the, this quote from Sam Harris, uh, an American member of the so-called New Atheist Movement, uh, talking uh, about James Watson and Francis Collins. Now, James Watson, as he says here, was the co-discoverer of the structure of DNA, the double helical structure. And James Watson and Francis Crick were the team that worked that out. Uh, a Nobel laureate and the original head of the Human uh, Genome Project. So James Watson recently asserted in an interview that people of African descent appear to be innately less intelligent than white Europeans. A few sentences spoken off the cuff resulted in academic defenestration. Um, they didn't like that at all, as you can imagine. Watson's opinions on race are disturbing, says Sam Harris. But his underlying point was not, in principle, unscientific. As you have highlighted this unscientific. There is at least a possible scientific basis for his views. While Watson's statement was obnoxious, one cannot say that his views are utterly irrational. We've now gone from unscientific to irrational. Or that by merely giving voice to them, he has repudiated the scientific worldview. Science has now taken on the mantle of a philosophy, a worldview, and declared himself immune to its further discoveries. Such a distinction, by all of this, that doesn't apply to Watson in Harris's view, should apply to Watson's successor at the Human Genome Project, Dr. Francis Collins. So there's something about Dr. Francis Collins that in Sam Harris's view is clearly worse than racism. Yeah? That is unscientific, irrational, and repudiating the scientific worldview. Why? Well, it's because Dr. Francis Collins is a Christian. And not just some uh, liberal variety of Christian, but a Christian who actually believes in things like God and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And if you believe those things, well, you're worse than a racist because you are being unscientific, repudiating the scientific worldview, being irrational. That's a, a really clear insight to a very culturally influential mindset. Now, as philosophers like to say, is Harris right? It depends what you mean by depends what you mean by a whole load of different things. It depends what you mean by science. It depends what you mean by being 
unscientific. Depends on what you mean by Christianity. So let's start with the first, what do you mean by? As I was saying over breakfast, there's actually been a discussion in the philosophy of science about how hard it is to define science, certainly how hard it is to define it in a sort of airtight way that walls it off from philosophy or um, theology, say. The original uh, root of the, the word itself in Latin is just the Latin for knowledge, scientia. Um, any uh, discipline at the university involving knowledge would have been a, a science, hence why theology was a science. And today, of course, we tend to use science in a rather narrower sense. Uh, but scientism, scientism rather than science, is a viewpoint on science that ignores this fact that we're using it in a, in a narrower sense than the original anything you know. So Peter Atkins, who got mentioned uh, in his new book on being, he says, uh, the scientific method is the only means of discovering the nature of reality, the only way of acquiring reliable knowledge. Very clear expression of scientism. Or Stephen Hawking in his new book, The Grand Design, says, philosophy is dead. Uh, scientists have become the bearers of the torch of discovery in our quest for knowledge. And he then spends the bulk of the rest of the book doing philosophy. Uh, it's very confusing. Uh, he's clearly very confused on the, on the topic. As uh, Professor John Lennox uh, uh, lovely Christian uh, philosopher of science from Oxford University. John Lennox says that Hawking's statement about philosophy is, of course, itself a philosophical statement. It's a philosophical claim. It's manifestly not a statement of science. It's a metaphysical statement about science. Therefore, his statement that philosophy is dead contradicts itself. It's a classic case of logical incoherence. So, we need to beware of scientism, and I would also say, in defining science, beware of something called methodological naturalism. It's a, a long way of saying, uh, well, let's introduce it by uh, these quotes from Paul de Vries here, who made this distinction between a supposedly neutral method of science that's supposed to be neutral about God or supernatural things and metaphysical naturalism, i.e. the materialistic worldview uh, which actually denies the existence of God and says matter and energy is the only thing that's real and according to Paul de Vries he says the natural sciences are committed to uh, analysing matter and energy within the context of methodological naturalism so if you're doing science in other words you don't claim that materialism is true, but you should do science as if materialism were true. And this is supposed to be somehow a sort of more neutral position to take um, that will allow um, materialists and theists and so on to all collaborate in doing science together. 
philosopher Nancy Murphy says, uh, science as science seeks naturalistic explanations. Anyone who attributes the characteristics of, say, living things to creative intelligence has, by definition, stepped into the arena of either metaphysics or theology. Now, this methodological naturalism rule has some very disturbing consequences, though. For example, supposing that Christianity claims that the true explanation of X be that um, the empty tomb and the apparent experiences of a resurrected Jesus and so on, or the origin of the universe, or the origin of life. Suppose Christians would claim that that is a miracle. That's the real explanation of why it happened. But science claims that the explanation of X is entirely naturalistic. X can be explained entirely naturalistically. They are, of course, not contradicting each other, if you follow methodological naturalism. Because by definition, science isn't concerned with knowing the truth. Science is only concerned with knowing, or not knowing, science is only concerned with arriving at an explanation that's consistent with materialism being true. Not claiming that materialism is true, of course. It's just saying, however we explain things in science, that explanation has to be consistent with materialism being true. And so if science says the explanation of X, whatever that is, is naturalistic, it is not contradicting anyone who says, no, no, the true explanation is supernatural. So this methodological naturalism rule entails that science is not a search for what's true. Which many people uh, think is a bit odd. Um, This is an atheist philosopher of science from America called Bradley Monton. And his little book, Seeking God in Science, An Atheist Defends Intelligent Design, uh, is a fantastic little introduction to... Uh, intelligent design theory from the viewpoint of a philosopher of science who's an atheist. Yeah. Uh, may I ask a question? I don't understand how you can say science is. There, there's no such thing as mm. science. There's just scientists, and and they're all different. They don't all assume the same things. They don't all. Uh, there's no um, cohesion between scientists. They all think yeah. the same way. So philosophers have this idea that, that science is a uniform, homogenous body mm. uh, that comes to some conclusions. It's, that's not, there's nothing that's, nothing exists that even remotely fits that definition. Yeah. I, 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 think, that's, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, there's, of course, no as you say, homogeneity between the, uh, the viewpoints of actual practicing scientists in terms of how they would necessarily view Science. Of course, what's going on in the discussion in the philosophy of science is an attempt to try and say, can we define what science is or, or should be? Uh, and as I'm showing, there are some people who, scientists who will define science in a certain way, 
um, and others who will disagree with them, and the same amongst philosophers of science. Um, what I'm kind of saying here is indicating a couple of ways in which certain people try to say that science should be understood, or should be practised in a th- certain way, that I am um, in unity with certain other people saying are bad ways of understanding yeah. what science is. But it's just like trying to say theology says when absolutely mm. there's no unity among theologians about what to say through time uh, mm. either through time or at any given time there's, there's no unity. It's just a whole body of people mm. who think differently about things. Yes, well, it's certainly easier uh, again to um, as it were, argue what science shouldn't be thought of than it is to argue what it should be defined as. Um, but, I mean, any uh, kind of definitional enterprise, if you said, well, what is theology? When am I doing theology? How should I do theology? Um, you're not going to arrive at a consensus perhaps, of that. You're going to have various different competing views of, of this. Um, uh, well, scientists and theologians are highly individualistic. Mm. And there's, there's, I just don't understand this concept. Mm. <laughs> you can't shove them into boxes. <laughs> so in terms of this attempt to define science and say you should only practice science by this rule of methodological naturalism. Um, Bradley Montan, as an atheist philosopher of science, is very critical of that understanding of science. Uh, good quote from him here, from his, his uh, book. He says, if science really is permanently committed to methodological naturalism... It follows that the aim of science is not generating true theories. Uh, instead, the aim is something like generating the best theories that can be formulated subject to the restriction that those theories are naturalistic. Um, so he thinks that that's, that's just a bad thing for science, far too counterintuitive, uh, should be overruled by the idea that you're searching for the truth. Uh, and so he says science is better off without being tied to this idea that you have to be methodologically naturalistic when you're, when you're doing it. Um, and that therefore, the idea that if you, if you mention anything supernatural, say, therefore you're by definition not doing science. Um, so it's, that's a, a bad way of understanding science. So I would certainly argue that it, when it comes to the question, well, you know, when you're saying Christianity is unscientific, you're contrasting it with something you're thinking of as science. That thing that you're thinking of as a science that you're making a contrast with, you shouldn't understand it in the scientistic way that says science is the only way of knowing anything, nor should you understand it in a, in a by definition, has to be consistent with materialism kind of way um, and 
you can certainly quote atheist philosophers of science uh, attacking both of those ways of uh, conceiving what science is. Although equally you can find scientists like Peter Atkins or um, DeVries or whatever defining it in that way. I just think they're very bad ways of defining it. Peter? Yeah. How to avoid uh, if we uh, don't uh, restrict uh, science to methodological naturalism? How do we avoid the risk of uh, mixing astronomy with astrology and science with magic? Mm. Where, where do the demarcation line falls? Yeah. Well, what, what you're really asking, I think, is if we abandon methodological naturalism, is there a risk that science could um, accept or endorse supernatural explanations that are not true? Um, well, yes, of course there is. Um, but if you do accept methodological naturalism, there is a risk that science accepts or endorses materialistic explanations of things that are not true. Simply because the true explanation is supernatural, but science isn't allowed to affirm that, and therefore must affirm something that is not true. Is that the job of science? Yeah, well, I mean, that would be, that would be the the weighing up thing here. Bradley Monton is suggesting that it is more important to think of science as a search for truth um, than it is to define it as having to be consistent with materialism. Um, one can only do one's best to try and reason and to reach explanations according to apparently sensible rules of how you arrive at explanations what counts as evidence, what, how it points to certain conclusions and so on. Um, but the focus would then be on how good is your argument for this conclusion rather than on a, um, an, a, a, a priori, a before experience um, commitment to having to have a certain type of explanation before you've even looked at what the evidence says. Um, so you would try and allay that worry about reaching the wrong conclusion by doing your best to reach the right one. Um, but that's all you can do in any field, really. Um, so uh, with the caveat that we know that these things are very difficult, um, we, it's kind of one of those areas perhaps where we, it's, we, we know what we mean by, but it's much harder to say specifically what we mean by it's like you know define love in one paragraph um, <laughs> but at least this is perhaps better than those two definitions that we've looked at so far um, certainly thinking about the, the natural sciences you could view it as a, a first order discipline I'll pick out some particular points from this later involving systematic inquiry into the physical world the primary aim of which is to know as much as we can about physical reality um, a first order discipline this is just pointing out the fact that say questions about the nature and definition of science are not the first order questions of science 
their questions in the philosophy of science about science. So science is not the same thing as the philosophy of science. Um, the focus on physical reality means that scientific knowledge can't ever be used to um, exclude the possibility of, say, philosophical knowledge of supernatural things. Maybe there's no scientific explanation that does, in fact, involve something supernatural. But that doesn't mean that you can't rationally claim to know truths about the supernatural. Because maybe you know those truths about the supernatural through philosophy, science, or moral experience, or all sorts of other disciplines that lie beyond the focus that science has. This is uh, a long philosopher's way of saying, basically, science isn't the only way to know anything, and it's not a subject that can tell us everything about everything. It's a subject that can tell us something about some things. <laughs> so we've cleared up a little bit, although not entirely, no doubt, what the objection might mean by science, what it might be sensible to mean by science in such an objection. In terms of looking at Christianity, I, um, we basically had this material yesterday. Uh, I explained the structure of spirituality and the role that Jesus thought he should play in spirituality. Um, so, so here is you know, the structure and content of Christian spirituality and Christ is how you enter into it. Um, so once you understand what these two things are, is Christianity unscientific? Well, in the modern sense of the term, for something to be unscientific would merely for it to be something other than our definition of what science is. So, in the sense that Christianity is not science, well, of course Christianity is unscientific. Of course it is. But so what? <laughs> um, philosophy is unscientific. Uh, art is unscientific. Jam making is unscientific. Um, there's all sorts of things in life that are perfectly worthwhile and rational activities <laughs> that are not scientific in that sense, you know? So maybe we've taken the objection when Sam Harris is saying, oh, believing in Christianity, you're being unscientific. Maybe we've been a bit literalistic <laughs> in, in, in trying to meet the objection. He means something deeper and more... I mean, this is meant to be an objection to Christianity to say it's unscientific, but this is clearly no objection to Christianity we have here, just to say, well, it doesn't fall under that definition. So what? Um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned in the, the PDF chat uh, sent to us your uh, overview of the mm -hmm. section that mathematics is not scientific, uh, is unscientific. Um, well, is it, or is it? Uh, mathematics is mathematics a first order discipline, the primary goal of which is to know as much as we can about physical reality. Yeah, but <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> yeah, mathematics and reality it happens to to be uh, over uh, overlapping. Yeah, overlapping. Yes. 
science certainly uses mathematics, yes. but then science uses philosophy. Uh-huh. Because these are not uh, exact, I mean, exact sciences. I mean, uh, natural, natural sciences. Yeah. And mathematics is a natural uh, Actually, it is a matter of debate uh, what is the definition of mathematics. Since one could do specific mathematical constructions that do not correspond at all yeah. to reality. Uh-huh. Nobody is certain that a very nice, um, strong and well-constructed mathematical yeah. theory or theory yeah. does correspond to reality at all. For instance, the non-Euclidic geometries yeah. in the 19th century were created without any reference to reality. Their, um, uh, the people who worked, worked out those non-Euclidic geometries did not uh, did not assume or suggest that hmm. this somehow corresponds to reality. But this is later, some some but only some of those constructions hmm. were found to be to be applicable to some specific physical um, yeah. theories. Yeah. But we we have no guarantee. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. So it's a play of the mind. Yes, it could be just just a self-consistent uh, set of definitions. Completely abstract. Uh-huh. Um, you may then find that some of those actually also map onto physical realities. Mm-hmm. Some of them may not. Um, but as you say, just just because science depends upon uh, some uh, field of inquiry doesn't mean that that field of inquiry becomes science. Yes. Uh, yeah. But who defined it as about physical reality? I mean, that's not. Is that well, a philosopher's definition, not a yeah. definition? Philosophers argue between each other, and in order yeah. to argue, they have to have a definition. definition. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to <laughs> yeah. So, so, if you don't accept that definition... Yeah, that's right. But in, in a sense, I mean, this is just my attempt at a definition, whilst I'm saying to you, these definitions are hugely argued about, and if there's any consensus on this subject of, well, what do you mean by, it is that it's very hard to give a a definition that seems to cover everything that we intuitively, as it were, or that everybody would want to say is or isn't science. We want to put this sort of label on things. We use the term. Um, We obviously have a clear enough understanding for us to know how to use it in language, but when you try and make it precise so that you can deal with arguments that involve the term, like saying, well, Christianity is bad because it's not science or it's anti-science, you say, well, what do you... You, know, you may not agree with my definition, but, but, but the, the kind of move that I'm making, as it were, is to say to the, the person who's making this objection, well, what do you mean by science? <laughs> um, how come what you mean by science makes Christianity a bad thing and actually, is what you mean by science, is that a sensible way of thinking? it? Because I, I, I can point out certain definitions of the science, like the scientific one, the methodological, naturalistic one, I think, that are clearly bad ways of defining science, even if we can't agree on what the, the best way of defining it is. But shouldn't we be more honest and say, well, my definition of science is this, not 
the definition. Yes, yeah. well, but that is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying this is this is my attempt at a better definition, yeah. but people disagree about it, and yeah. and so on. I'm not I'm not saying. Okay, here this this is the uh, the be all and end all once and for all time uh, will stand forever definition of science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is based on the perceptions of many people yeah. about science today. Um, it's not completely arbitrary. That's right, it's not completely arbitrary. Uh, I haven't just picked it out of the air, and it seems to be more sensible than certain other definitions that people would use to attack Christianity with. That's, that's the sort of minima that I'm claiming for it, yeah. So, maybe we've taken Harris too sort of literalistically. Uh, if it's, you know, is Christianity, is he really saying Christianity is anti-science rather than just not being science? Um, it's an accusation that Christianity is unscientific. So maybe what he really means is it's, it's somehow anti-science. Uh, being, it's in active opposition to some essential element of science or the scientific program or whatever. Um, just a, a few hopefully interesting points. Um, disagreeing with scientific ec- theory X, whatever that might be, I mean, of, an obvious one that springs to mind is say, if you disagree with the theory of evolution, um, that doesn't make you anti scientific. Um, theories can be scientific without being true, for example. Um, and scientists disagree about things all the time, just um, like philosophers do. So the, the mere fact that you happen to disagree with a particular theory is not enough to substantiate the claim that you're anti-scientific. Um, if you have an anti-scientific position that might lead you to rejecting some scientific theory or other, but you can't reason backwards from the fact that you've rejected a scientific theory to the conclusion that therefore you're anti-scientific. You can't run it in the opposite direction uh, and make that inference. Rather, to be anti-scientific would have to mean something along the lines of that you're committed to some position, a belief and an attitude or some sort of action in life that's really intentional contradiction with something that, that unifies all of these people with disparate ideas and different opinions and so on but that unifies them in the scientific project despite their disagreements and different philosophical viewpoints and so on there's something that means that they're all doing science they're all scientists you have to be in active opposition to something that that's in, in the core here rather than oh I disagree with this theory or what have you well, a lot of people say that there is no God. There is no God. Organ. God. No, no God. When we fall in the last one, also, we disagree. It's not possible. Yeah, it's not possible. Plenty of scientists think there is a God. Um, they may differ over whether or not that's a scientific claim or a metaphysical claim or a theological claim, whatever, but, you know, at least 40% of scientists, according to the surveys I've seen, believe in a god. Um, so, if the problem 
that the objector has is say that uh, you know you're a Christian and you happen to be one of those Christians that rejects a particular scientific theory. Really, the the nub of their issue is that they think that you're that you're not living up to your intellectual responsibilities in some way. That you're you're going against some uh, wise way of thinking that a scientist ought to be committed to. Um, but as we've seen, you can't wall off the, this understanding of science from thinking about maths or philosophy or the, you know, theology. Um, Stuart Hackett says science in this narrower modern sense can't function without employing universal criteria of knowledge. It's not as if there's you know, um, sensible ways of arguing according to science and then sensible ways of arguing according to uh, philosophy or maths or whatever and these can all be in complete contradiction to one another um, rather there is a sort of the bigger concept of well how is it sensible to think and argue and we employ that within different subject areas including science uh, so really I reckon that the charge of being unscientific made by Sam Harris it really boils down to the charge that Christians are irrational uh, that's what he really means and actually you note in that first line we have he actually slid from calling uh, Francis Collins faith in principle unscientific to then calling it utterly irrational and I think for Sam Harris that's saying the same thing those are just synonyms uh, so what do you do when someone makes that accusation of you? There's only a, a, a finite number of ways of responding. You can either say, no, I'm not really um, uh, contradicting, or I'm not uh, uh, failing to employ uh, this sense, particular sensible way of arguing about things, whatever that might be. Um, or I could say, yes, that, that is a sensible rule for arguing, but actually, in this instance, it's uh, overridden by a more important rule. I'll give some concrete illustrations of these in a moment. It'll make it clear, I think. Or you can say, you think that's a sensible way of, of arguing, of being rational, but actually you're wrong about that. And here's why. Those seem to be the only possible ways of responding. Uh, I'm not really failing to follow the rule. I shouldn't follow the rule because of a more important rule, or your rule's stupid. So think about Occam's razor. William of Occam, famous medieval uh, philosopher monk, who's been uh, shaving his head with his famous razor, no doubt. Um, but his is a metaphysical razor. This is the, the idea that, um, well, it's expressed in different ways. You shouldn't uh, multiply explanatory entities beyond necessity or if you have two competing equally adequate explanations and one is simpler than the other then you should believe the simpler adequate explanation otherwise there's sort of basically your imagination can generate an, an infinite number of possible explanations compatible with the data and you'd have no way of deciding what to believe other than sort of randomly flipping a coin. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so following Occam's razor is at least more sensible than flipping a coin <laughs> as a way of picking theories. Um, so you might have the objection, I think this is basically the argument for a materialistic worldview in a sense, it's simpler than a supernatural worldview. Because you only believe in one kind of thing, matter. Whereas if you're a Christian, you don't just believe in matter, you also believe in souls and angels and God. and You believe in all sorts of different things. And that's really complicated. So isn't it better to be a naturalist? It's a much simpler explanation of things. Well, the response to this is, uh, is to say, yeah, that is a sensible rule, but... Doesn't explain it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the virtue of simplicity, simplicity is important, is limited, can be overridden by a more important rule, explanatory adequacy. There's two parts to Occam's razor. Always choose the simpler, adequate explanation. And it's more important that the explanation is adequate than that it's simple. Because otherwise, what you're doing is having an overly simple explanation, a simplistic explanation that doesn't cover the data. Um, so, yes, I'm perfectly happy to grant that the materialistic worldview is simpler than the Christian worldview. I just think it's hopelessly inadequate. <laughs> and that's more important. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, I think we should grant the, the literally unscientific status of Christianity and basically give the burden of proof to anyone who wants to argue that Christianity is anti-scientific in some way. They've got the burden of proof. They've got to show that being a Christian means you necessarily have to go against some genuinely sensible, rational way of thinking about things, of arguing and so on, in order to be a Christian. So it's irrelevant that particular Christian denominations might reject this or that scientific theory, um, because you don't have to be a member of that denomination in order to be a Christian. <laughs> um, so that's a very secondary, you know, what kind of Christian am I going to be? But in terms of doing apologetics and wanting people to become Christians, if, if their only objection is, well, I don't want to become a Christian because you're all young earth creationists, aren't you? And I can't believe that because that doesn't seem to be scientifically sensible to me. Well, obviously, one way of meeting that would be to try and argue that young earth creationism is scientifically sensible. But I think uh, uh, even if you believed that, I think a perfectly legitimate response would be to say something like, Okay, well, you know, I'm personally a young earth creationist, but I'm perfectly happy to say you don't have to be a young earth creationist in order to be a Christian. I've got plenty of fellow Christians who don't believe what I do about this. <laughs> so you should be perfectly happy to become a Christian and not believe what I do on this particular issue. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you my kind of Christian. <laughs> I'm trying to help you be... Your kind of Christian, you know, that's between you and the Lord if you believe in him. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's the, the general uh, move that should be made here. So given someone who's making some kind of, oh, Christianity is unscientific or it's anti-scientific or, i.e., it's irrational. 
You can ask two, two questions, these general questions that are reply to any objection of that kind. Does being a Christian really require one to reject this supposedly essential, really sensible way of reasoning about things or thinking about things? And this is irrespective of the actual beliefs of Christian individuals and institutions. And secondly, is this accusation that's been made actually grounded in a, in a sound, a properly thought through and formulated, properly ranked, sensible way of thinking about things? So as with Occam's Razor thing, that the, the importance of simplicity in explanations that has to be properly ranked as below the importance of adequacy. And if people have sort of got their ranking round the wrong way and are all caught up on, oh, well, Christianity is so complicated, doesn't it? Surely it makes much more sense to be a materialist. Then you would think, well, actually, their accusation's not grounded in a properly ranked sensible way of thinking about things, uh, even though it's sensible in and of itself. So you ask these, these questions to get to the, to the root of the issue and put the burden of proof on the, on the accuser. Um, so if someone says, two examples, um, this is a quote from new atheist uh, physicist Victor Stenger. He says, faith means having belief in the absence of supportive evidence. This is by definition. Uh, and even in the light of contrary evidence. Uh, my rebuttal would be, okay, whilst science or being scientific or sort of scientific attitude to reality would certainly repudiate blind faith in the teeth of at least sufficient overwhelming counter evidence so does Christianity (laughs) I agree with you brother (laughs) you know um, if that's what faith means then I as a Christian don't have faith (laughs) Uh, I, this is not what faith means. He's wrong about that. Um, so this objection fails. It doesn't pass criteria one. You don't have to have blind faith in order to be a Christian. Here's one that fails because it, it doesn't pass criteria two. Um, Sam Harris, Christianity repudiates the scientific worldview in rejecting metaphysical naturalism. Okay, well, whilst being a Christian certainly entails rejecting naturalism, um, a commitment to naturalism is not an essential element of science. It's an essential element of naturalism. (laughs) And science and naturalism are not the same things. Um, Plenty of atheist philosophers of science will argue that even science and methodological naturalism are not the same thing, let alone science and actual naturalism... So it doesn't pass criteria two. And I basically would hold that any objection of this kind will fail because it fails to pass at least one of these two um, standards that a good objection would have to meet. Anything on that? And give me a reminder on how my time is doing, please. When am I? Should I be going to? Okay. <laughs> Uh, what shall I say (laughs) a few pick and choose highlights here Um, 
I think this, uh, the spirituality circle that we had yesterday, quite useful in pointing out that, that science and Christian spirituality have plenty of overlapping interests. And that's not just in the area of beliefs about the way reality is, but it's also in the, the area of, um, of actions, of, of ethics, of thinking about the environment, the use of technology, etc. It's in attitudes. Science, you know, it's a communal activity, relies upon um, sharing of data and uh, honesty in publishing research and there's all sorts of overlapping areas of interest around the, the whole spectrum of what counts as spirituality. Um, where we tend to focus in this area just on the kind of belief, knowledge claims. Um, but actually, Christian spirituality has useful overlapping things to say about the other areas that actually science and scientists are involved in. Um, J.P. Morland good Christian philosopher from America. Christianity claims to be a knowledge tradition. Um, not a yeah. blind faith tradition, but a knowledge uh, tradition. And uh, this new atheist idea of blind faith and so on, it's just, it's been very influential, unfortunately, among lots of people you meet, but of course, it's not true. Um, I really like C.S. Lewis's definition of faith. The art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. The opposition is not between faith and reason, but between faith and reason and temptation, or depression, or tiredness, or (laughs) anything that would make you abandon what you believe for non-rational reasons. Faith and works. Yeah. Faith is really this combination of belief that plus belief in. I believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, and I have an attitudinal response, I'm going to trust him, rather than do what the demons do, which is say, yes, Jesus is Lord. Quick, run for the hills! I think, certainly within English, a much better translation of faith that would be less misunderstood by people outside the church might be trust don't say I have faith in Jesus say I trust Jesus Uh, and of course you can trust people for perfectly good reasons (laughs) Uh, just a little section of pointing out that when you look at the the history of science uh, belief in God has played a large role within the history of science actually generating why people started doing sort of experimental science uh, in the medieval and later period because they believed in uh, a lawgiver of nature and so on. Uh, That's a long quote. There are plenty of philosophical assumptions, as I was arguing last night uh, in town, things that science has to assume that are... uh, you can have justification for believing these things if you believe in, in God. Uh, but science itself can't justify because it has to assume them in order to function. Um, so the idea that the natural world really does exhibit a rational order throughout the whole of space-time, uh, the idea that the human mind can, at least in part, understand that rational order, we were talking about the argument from reason uh, over breakfast that our 
ways of thinking about things are gen generally reliable, not totally, but at least more often than not, um, that you can't deduce this rational order in nature from first principles. You can't do what the ancient Greeks did, sit in your armchair, don't know whether the ancient Greeks had armchair, but suppose, supposing they did, sit in your armchair and say, okay, how must planets move? Well, like, circles are perfect, aren't they? Planets must go in circles, because that's a really nice geometrical shape. Um, now, what you have to do is you say, well, God created the universe, and it will be rational, but he had free will. And there are a number of different possible ways in which he could have caused planets to move. How am I going to find out? Um, short of an amazing revelation in my next prayer time, <laughs> uh, maybe a good way would be to go and look <laughs> and to see how he did do it. Um, rather than sitting in the armchair and thinking, how must he have done it? Because if he's got free will, there probably isn't any just one way that he must have done it. Um, there are noble objective values, truth, goodness and beauty. We had yesterday, science doesn't justify uh, these things, it assumes them. That the natural world isn't divine. If, you, if you're a pantheist and you think everything is God, when you're dissecting the frog on your dissecting table, you're dissecting God, of course. You might think this is a bit impious. Um, or that the natural world isn't governed by these multiple competing, warring forces. The idea that there's one God who designed the whole of the natural world is very different from having a, a polytheistic view where there's the God of the sea and the God of the wind and the God of love and the God of hunting and, the, you know, and uh, maybe you're out hunting fish and the God of hunting's on your side because you made the right sacrifices that day but the God of the sea doesn't like you uh, for some reason and they're having a fight and how it turns out that particular day will depend on who wins that particular fight so there's no consistency to the basic forces that are governing reality uh, in such a worldview. Um, and so these are just some of the plenty of philosophical assumptions you could say actually science relies uh, upon. And actually all of these assumptions would be true if the Christian theistic worldview were true. Um, so far from being anti-scientific... A Christian worldview is actually very supportive of science. Um, this is um, Steve Fuller. He's a, a sociologist specialising in the sociology of science um, at Warwick University in, in England. And this is from a book of his from a few years ago, from 2008. And I'm, I'm, I'm told by those who know that he's on a bit of a personal journey with this. So this may not represent where he is now. Um, but this is where he was then. And he said, then, while I cannot honestly say I believe in a divine personal creator, no plausible alternative has yet been offered to justify the pursuit of science as a search for the ultimate systematic understanding of reality. Atheism as a positive doctrine has done precious little for science. Science makes sense only if there's an overall design to nature that we are especially well-equipped to, to fathom, even though most of it has little bearing on our day-to-day -day animal survival. 
Humanity's creation in the image of God provides the clearest historical rationale for the rather specialised expenditure of effort associated with science. Uh, So from a non-Christian observer of the history of of science and how science functions, uh, to say that atheism does precious little for it, but belief that humans are created in the image of God who created nature was actually the sort of wellspring of, of science. Peter, yeah. what about this positive doctrine regarding a po- uh, um, As not simply a lack of belief in God, but the claim to know there is no God. Uh, it's not simply the absence of a belief, but a, a positive claim of, that something is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a rather charming picture of God and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But it's a nice way of diagramming. If you believe there's a God who created the natural world and who created humanity in his image, you would expect not only humans to be able to understand something of God, their creator, not comprehend, but to understand something, but you'd also expect them to be able to understand something of the way that nature works because the rational person who made the way things function out there is also the same cause of how things function in here and hence it makes sense to think that the out there and in here will at least partly fit together um, that we'd understand some of this just as we'd understand some of, some of him. Uh, that's uh, the point that Fuller was really making uh, but with a nice picture. So is Christianity unscientific? Yes. <laughs> in as much as Christianity is not science, you know, in the modern sense of the term. Um, no, in that Christianity is not anti-science. No, in that science can't be the only way to know things and it can't tell you everything about everything. Um, No, in that Christianity is a knowledge tradition. It's a scientia in the Latin sense. Um, It's not about blind faith. Uh, No, in that Christianity actually helped give birth to science when you look at history and you can see why those ideas have that effect. Uh, no, in that theism, at least, of a belief in a, in a God provides you with a philosophical reason for doing science and thinking that science is, is possible. There we go. Christian scientist, yeah, it's, uh, it's such an ambiguous, uh, people, people in my country in particular tend to say, say things like, we have this organisation called Christians in Science, yeah. um, and they're always having to say things like, yeah, I'm a Christian who's also a scientist, <laughs> I'm a Christian scientist, because then they think, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, the, the Christian, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the Christian science movement 
basically denies the objective reality of evil and suffering. Um, so, you know, that's that. That to me seems a, a anti kind of uh, scientific observational uh, kind of blind faith kind of claim. Um, so I put that in a very different category. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, your uh, your arguments are very good and very uh, systematic. Mm. But here in Bulgaria, I'm not sure what is the situation throughout the, the world. But here in Bulgaria, most of the people most of the people uh, couldn't comprehend comprehend the majority of uh, such arguments. Mm. They are just saying you're anti. Christian, uh, anti-scientific uh, yeah. and so on and so on, yeah. and no rational arguments go in their minds. Hmm. Yeah. What well, was apologists uh, approaching? Yeah. So this is more, how do you practically apply this with, yeah. with people who are not, not as uh, intelligent as yourselves? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, even, uh, even asking back a simple question like, how do you define science? What do you mean by science? You know, if, if I'm being accused of being anti-science, I, I want to know what you understand by science. Um, once you've made it clear what, what you mean, <laughs> I'll tell you whether or not I'm against it. <laughs> um, and the mere fact that they, may, they may, may then, of course, have a great difficulty in actually defining science, or they make, might come out with one of these very popular but easily refutable ideas about what science is. So like we had in the lecture the night, the lady saying, you know, isn't science the only way to know anything? Doesn't that sort of exclude talk about resurrections and so on? And sort of, okay, well, you've, you've now given me what you understand science to be, the only way of knowing anything. I will now give you two, I think, fairly easily understandable reasons why that can't be true. <laughs> she didn't seem to like the answer, um, but... You know, maybe she'll go away and think about that. At least other people in the room may may have taken home a message about that. Um, so I think it's always a good move to just to, to get the person who's making the accusation to actually be clearer and, and to give you more of an argument, give give you more to work with, rather than simply assume that you know what they mean <laughs> and launch into a big argument about something that is completely missing the point because that's not what they had in mind at all. Um, so my first move is often to sort of to sort of get people to to say, oh that's you know that's very interesting you know what, what do you, do you, would you like to unpack that a bit more? What's your what's your reason for thinking that? Um, and so on. <laughs> and let them dig themselves into a bit more of a hole <laughs> uh, before you then point out the hole. <laughs> Keeping in mind that the many people do not know exactly what they themselves mean. Yeah, that's right. So, so then you can you can you can simply say so. Yeah. If you provoke them to to define more clearly, more to be more specific, yeah, they they get into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and what the, this is not nothing new under the sun. Yeah. If I understand you properly, you recommend, in other words, the Socratic mm. methods to. To let people go into their own yes, yeah. and after all find by themselves that yeah. they don't understand very well. That's clear. What do they do? Yeah. 
for instance, what is science or faith? Exactly, yes, yes. Um, and you can have it sort of in your back pocket, as it were, some very simple little, little um, messages. Like, um, uh, historians agree that Christianity was very, very influential in the birth of science. Or um, lots of scientists are people who believe in God. So how can science be anti-belief in God? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you explain that? Or just little, you don't have to go into a great long, well, here's my definitions and here's, you know, <laughs> here's my criteria. That I, these are more things that I'm suggesting at sort of the back of your mind. This sort of thing of get them to clarify, get, give them the burden of proof mm-hmm. to show that you're being irrational, that you haven't met these... Um, you know, and if you even have then to go to the lengths of, of actually helping the person who's objecting to formulate their objection mm-hmm. and say things like, well, I, I think you're making the same kind of point that uh, Professor Atkins at Oxford says. And they think, oh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm making a point that a professor at Oxford makes. You know, you're great. You know, and he says this. And they kind of go, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I think. You know, science. And then you say, well, that can't be true. <laughs> um, so you have to sort of move the the conversation along the steps in the time that you, that you have. So those are the, the kind of approaches that I sort of have on my shelf behind me that I reach for. <laughs> I had uh, two main talks uh, that go that way. Somebody says, it's scientific, uh, scientifically proved that there is no God. So why do you believe? Which journal was that paper published in? I'd like, you, know, I, you could just ask a... It's been scientifically proved that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>